Fury episode 23. 23. Yeah. This week, as you can hear, without Ryan. <laughs> but still with uh, Kendra. Hi. Blogsmith. Hey. And myself. <laughs> and we have two games to review because we played against Atlanta last Wednesday and won 2 0 at home. Yep. Yeah. First TD place win. So that made it. How many points in the last three games? Not including the one we just played? Um, Wasn't it seven? Five? No. No. Well, we lost against Minnesota. Oh, yeah, we lost against Minnesota. So, yeah. Six. <laughs> Two wins and one loss. Math skills. <laughs> <laughs> it took a while. And then, of course, this weekend we played in San Antonio and tied 1-1. But uh, we'll get to that. So the the win against Atlanta was pretty much as easy as we had predicted, hey? Yeah, it was fairly obvious which team was better from the beginning of the game. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta was not very good. Still not very good. They recently fired their coach again. Um, yeah, um, yeah, it was it was disappointing to see how poorly they did. Because it wasn't, it made kind of made for, you know, not a very interesting game. I mean, once we scored and then scored again pretty much right after, it was pretty much game over. You knew it. Still have big relevance for the uh, Fury franchise because it's the very first ever win at TD Place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. mm-hmm. Yeah. And we won with a different lineup than we usually have. Yeah, we had Dantes from the start instead of uh, Heinemann. Yes. And then we had uh, Haworth back and Oliver back on the wings. And also we had Patterson playing as midfielder instead of Ubi. And we had a new player, the Jamaican, Woodbine. Yes. As left back. And Jeroen was back in the squad too. As one of our central backs. So, yeah, there was quite a different lineup than usual and from the weekend before. Yeah, I think it was expected. I mean, I've been between the Minnesota game, the Atlanta game, and the San Antonio game, those three games in, you know, six days. Yeah, and two of those before were uh, two before the Minnesota game were on the road. Um. <clears throat> yeah, it was nice to see. I think it was nice to see Dante start instead of Heinemann. Yeah, he he can play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Brian Woodbine, I thought, played pretty well. I thought he was Our really team. fantastic on mm. defense. Like, I really enjoyed watching him, and I thought he was pretty energetic, pretty pretty skilled, pretty and, great. And uh, I think Patterson probably had was one of his better games in a, in a Fury uniform. And he had his first goal ever for the Fury. Mm-hmm. 
Probably not man of the match, though. No, I, <laughs> I go that I'd have a hard time giving it to someone other than Dantas because he scored that absolutely insane goal. And then he set up the second goal with this really beautiful pass, chip pass over the, the defense to Oliver who kind of crossed it over to Passion. Yeah, and the first goal he scored, why don't you describe that as well? Like, didn't he beat like three defenders? Yeah, I mean, he turned, turned a defender and went past two others and left foot right, right in the side netting. It was, uh, it was nice to see. So attendance was a little bit down, but that was to be expected because um, it was on a Wednesday, right? So we don't, uh, we didn't expect there to be as many people, especially because the little kids can't stay up. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, people we, have work. <laughs> yeah, you know, there was family the day before, and uh, then we had the that Wednesday game. I think it's uh, three thousand one hundred and five. I think seven o'clock's really, well, not really early, but I think, I think a better time would have been seven thirty. I mean, it's nice to have a game start at 7 to end early, but, I mean, they should they should know that there's no parking at Lansdowne, so you pretty much have to bus, and yeah, like, I pretty much had to leave straight from work to make it down there. Yeah, yeah. Too. I think that if they, they set it back to maybe 7.30 or even maybe 8 o'clock, they probably would have done a bit better. Although, from an atmosphere perspective, this Wednesday night, you know with the floodlights and and just having a game in the middle of the week was amazing it was pretty magical i would say <laughs> it was like exciting and the fans were so pumped because we knew the whole game we were going to win the game right yeah mm. it was pretty cool i had a great time yeah it's always great to play under <laughs> yeah. the lights and i think i think the uh perhaps the lack of the crowd got got the supporters going a little bit more Although the supporters section was pretty full, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the just... section next to it was pretty, pretty empty. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the stadium was emptier <laughs> than usual for sure. Uh, the only um, negative aspect of that night was that they had football lines. Didn't really matter that much in the end, though. Um, watching the game at the stadium, no. But when I re I rewatched it last night, yeah, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. It doesn't make for good TV. Like, I got used to it, but when I first got there and saw it, I was, it was kind of, um, like, I was like, where am I? What's going on? <laughs> it was kind of, it was really weird. And, I mean, it just looks really bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, on know. a positive note, the assistants had an easier time uh, calling off sides. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose <laughs> more accurate offside calls although I wouldn't make that an argument for football line. <laughs> probably not um, so what were the substitutions in this match uh, we had Davies coming in for Oliver in the 70th minute um, and so yeah and then after that, Heinemann for Dantas in 72nd. And then Mayer came on for Haworth in the 90th. Yeah, and those are pretty much all one-on-one substitutions. Didn't really change our formation or anything. No, not at yeah. all. It's nice to see Davies again. Yeah. I mean, from he got a lot of playing time in the spring and kind of the early fall. And kind of like a Mark DeSantos kind of thing where he plays guys a lot and then you'll never see him for three or four games. And I... Davies played a lot, and then he wasn't around for about three or four games. Same with Mayard. Mayard played a lot, and then he stopped playing a lot. Oliver, I guess Oliver's kind of injured. 
but he didn't see a lot of playing time. Yeah, I like Davies. Mm. He's good. He's very versatile. Very versatile. He's a good crosser. He had a he had a few good crosses. There's one to Patterson that Patterson probably had time to kind of knock down and, and do something with, but he headed it down. And there was another one to Heineman that Heineman just couldn't get to. But yeah, he's a good crosser as well. And another talking point was that red card uh, from Burgos <laughs> of Atlanta, who pretty much just punched Richie Ryan in the neck. I mean, awesome. it was pretty, it was a clear as day red card. <laughs> Looked even worse on TV than. Uh, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just came on like he just came on like five minutes ago. Yeah. And then they kind of got into a scuffle and nothing happened. And then Richie Ryan was coming. Back through the midfield, and he just punched him right in the neck. <laughs> he went down, and yeah, terrible discipline from how the you, entire how team. How do you, as a player, decide that that's a good idea? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, their captain is coming back. I think I'm gonna punch him in the neck. I mean, I'm sure it was like some some reaction to something, but I just feel like it's a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I always wonder that. You know, these guys are professionals. This is their career and their job. Like. Why are you doing this? Like, there's no. It's only going to hurt your team and yourself. Like, can you can't you exercise a little bit of self control? And when it was in the Atlanta game, was it two three weeks ago? That wasn't the same player, but an Atlanta player took that studs up tackle on Ryan. So is there something about Ryan that Atlanta does not like? Maybe like he he talks and people don't understand what he's saying, so they just assume the worst. <laughs> 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 Poor Richie. <laughs> no, no, not everyone understands a thick Irish accent, especially in the, from Georgia. <laughs> uh, but that's something that uh, we're pretty lucky uh, as Fury supporters. We haven't seen too many red cards, too, too many uh, sendings off. So, I mean, Rich, uh, the um, Ryan Richter debut comes to mind. That's true. Um, can't think of... Uh, Did Jerome get a red card at one point? We always think he's going to get a red card, That's, but I don't yeah. think he has gotten yeah. one. There was, uh, somebody got two yellows. Oh, who was that? Was it Borg? Uh, was it um, uh, Hamza Elias? Or did he just get yellows? I think he just got yellows. Yeah, I don't think he ever got a red. I think it was just Richard that got a red. Oh. Well, I know. I, I know Drew Becky, I think, was suspended for a game for accumulation of yellows, but it was never a red. Right. And in terms of cards in the match, there there wasn't too much else going on. It wasn't a violent game, really. No, it was pretty calm. So, yeah, the second half was just sort of like it had to be played. <laughs> Atlanta, <laughs> knew that, Atlanta knew that they had lost. Ottawa knew they didn't have to do much to hold on to the lead. And the fans just, you know, party. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed, enjoyed having the first win. Is there anything else uh, we should mention about this game before we take a break? Uh, just that, like... Uh, the reaction from the team and the coach was pretty positive after I thought like Mark DeSantos said that uh, you know he was able to rotate a bunch of guys to make sure that people were fresh for the weekend and he was saying like it's really good to you know be able to win like with a rotated squad type of thing so it kind of shows like the depth that we have um, I mean Atlanta is not great but you know at least we can you know put people in and, and rely on more than just a, like one set of guys. So I think that's a pretty good takeaway from this game. 
Yeah, Dos Santos also said something um, quite frank to the journalists. <laughs> you know, when, when he was yeah. asked about his first uh, home victory at TD Place, he, he just sort of said, you know, now you guys can finally start writing about it. Yeah, <laughs> you guys can stop talking about <laughs> it. We finally won or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Gotta love him. You know, he doesn't hold back. He says it the way that it is. For sure. <laughs> no, yeah, it was a great game. Finally, the home win. And uh, before we get into the away match we just played, uh, we're going to have some music. Beautiful music. So last weekend uh, we had another away match, uh, this time against uh, probably the second best team in the league, San Antonio Scorpions. Mm-hmm. Um, where we tied 1-1. It was a victory that came late in the match, so to me, almost felt like a win. It's at least a good... It's, it's another good result for the Fury. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole second half, you could kind of... Well, I could. I don't know. I could just kind of like feel like, oh, we need to score. Like, something is going to happen. So it was really nice to, to finally get that goal in the... It was like in extra time, hey? Yeah, in additional mm-hmm. time, yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, Ryan Richter just sort of buried it after like three <laughs> failed attempts. <laughs> He's like, enough is enough! Kaboom! <laughs> that was very, must have been very satisfying. <laughs> really? Um, in terms of the lineup, um, there were quite a few changes again from the Wednesday game. So Heinemann back from the start instead of Dantes. And then uh, Ubi played instead of Donatelli in the midfield. And uh, Soria was back as left back. Mm-hmm. And then the, the wingers were changed completely as well. Mayard from the start on the left, and then Davies from the right. So quite a bit of rotation currently. The players must be tired after all those games. <laughs> um, and then the, the Scorpions, they, they scored fairly early, right? Um, yeah. yeah, 11th minute, which was kind of disheartening. I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, and they scored from a set piece, and it was one of those long balls that was driven in from the side, and the keeper, like, waited and waited, and, you know, was speculating that there would be a connection, and then in the end, you know, he hadn't quite <laughs> made the right decision and looked like an idiot. But I have to really um, protect Pizer there. Those those balls are really difficult to judge for the keeper because if you move to the like on this if he had moved his right side too early um someone could have connected with the ball and then you know he would have looked even worse so he needs to wait as long as possible and he just got unlucky that no one ended up uh, touching the ball and then you know he, he was out of reach what do you guys think do you think it's a goalkeeping mistake or no i I mean, you see him all the time, just that he was kind of expecting the touch and it never came and it just kind of bounced into the net. I think probably the defense is kind of at fault there. They, like it landed pretty deep in the six-yard box. I don't think he should have a ball land in the six-yard box. Like you gotta. But you think he should have come out maybe and boxed it out of there? Or? It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. But a ball shouldn't be landing in your six-yard box from a free kick. Yeah. And... I don't think anybody was around the player who who was who scored Castillo. 
Yeah. I don't think there was anybody around him. Yeah, but he, he scored direct from the free kick. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, no one touched it. That was the... Yeah, line. there was a lunge, and the guy just missed it, but... Yeah. <clears throat> kind of... If you go one way, the guy's going to touch it. <laughs> if you go the other way, he's not going to touch it. It's just... Anyway, it's just one of those unfortunate ones. Uh, hopefully, we don't have to see any more of those. <laughs> They're frustrating. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite a few cards this game. Yeah. Although I didn't, I never felt that it was that violent. No, not at all. And like some of the cards, I, I, I mean, some of the cards happened off screen, like off camera, so behind the play, so you don't really know what happened. Um, I think the Ubi card, I didn't see anything, but. Oh, Ubi was, he complained. Uh, Apparently he complained to <laughs> I, Except for the Oliver Yellow, I didn't really have any problem with any of the cards. But I felt that the, but I felt that the the ref was kind of kind of early on when Ottawa was kind of uh, taking taking a lot of pressure from San Antonio that they were taking the fouls, so the referee was kind of always giving the cards quickly. And then as the game kind of wore on in the second half, when Ottawa was kind of taking over, no, I'm just gonna warnings now because all the San Antonio guys uh, the Oliver Yellow was for I think he grabbed the ball after the whistle and he kind of threw it backwards which was you do get a yell for that but San Antonio was doing that all game all second half every time the ball stopped they'd kick it further down the field so they have to go get it but yeah I don't have any problem with the yellows but some more yellows a little more consistency would have been nice yeah, but uh, we're used to NASL refereeing, yes. so... <laughs> Just chuck it up he to He wasn't the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Heinemann from the start, what did you think, Blogsmith? I preferred Dantas. I thought Dantas kind of uh, staked his claim to it in the Atlanta game, but who knows, it was just maybe just from conditioning. All yeah. Heinemann would do was pass the ball backwards. Like, as soon as he got it, he would just pass it backwards. I feel like he should be able to run a little bit with it or kind of advance the ball at some points, but I I thought that, I don't know. Well, he, he was, was subbed off quite early in the 63rd. That, that's true. That's early for him to get subbed off. But it's really one thing that we should highlight. It, it is great to have this competition in the striker mm -hmm. role, right? Like, both of them are sort of valued equally. That's true. At yeah. the moment, so like they really have both have to work hard in training. They really like it's good to have that competition because mm -hmm. oftentimes you get you get teams that rely on just one striker, and then the striker can get cold, and then you can get you can go weeks and weeks without a goal <laughs> from your striker. Here, you know, it, they get subbed constantly if they if they don't perform as uh, they're expected to. And then another sub was Donatelli for Patterson. And uh, Donatelli, um, as we discussed, I think in the last pod, he's just, you know, not a, like he's not as consistent as he as he was before. He's just in a bit of a slump currently. Yeah, I think he's still, he's still rather good. He's just not getting the goals. I mean, he scored two against Indy early on, and that kind of set the tempo, which he really hasn't followed up since. But I think overall, I think he's still better than Patterson is midfield. Patterson had a good game in Atlanta, but I thought his game against San Antonio was uh, pretty poor. He gave had a lot of bad giveaways. And... 
I would be very interested in seeing Patterson's stats because it feels like he does a lot of incomplete passes. Like it's just something that I've no, Kendra is giving me this kind of face, kind of agreeing. I I'm not I am not a Patterson fan. Sorry, but I just I don't like the guy. I as as a, a winger. As a I just, player. No, 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 not not as a person. I have no problem with him as a person, but I just I don't know. I feel like he's missing something, or I don't know. Like I totally agree with you with the incomplete passes and. I don't know, seems to be... Well, I mean, he is coming back from a huge injury that saw him miss the entire spring season. Yeah. And, you know, some people were saying maybe he came back too early in the fall season. So, I mean, he is still getting back into it, but I don't know. I just It's just really one of those things that happens over and over again with him. Like, like, like I, I remember talking to someone while watching the, the game... Um, Versus Atlanta and just being like, oh come on, Patterson! It's like it's like a pass over five yards. Like, come on! <laughs> it happens over and over. But you're right; there are reasons for this, and his confidence might be still low, even though that he feels better physically. And um, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Hopefully, it gets better. Um, and then Oliver came on for Giroud in the seventy-six. So that was purely a, a tactical switch. We needed to throw everyone we got up front to get that goal, and of course we did. Blocksmith, that goal that um, that Ryan Richter scored, was it just him who kept on shooting on goal, or like, no. who were the players? That, I can't remember. It's like a jumble. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody. In yeah. <laughs> Donatelli got the the second last one. Okay. And I think Dantas might have got the first one. But yeah. yeah, it's up for a player of the week in the NASL this week. Because it, it's just so much tenacity, right? Like, they will not give up. You know, it must be such a frustrating goal to concede as, like, a San Antonio fan. Like, not only it's is it in the last minute of the game, but it's like, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You know, you're hoping that, you know, they're going to clear it. But in the end, you know... They just can't get it out, and boom, it's in. Yeah, I was thinking about that, actually, after the game. I was like, if I was a San Antonio fan, I would be pissed <laughs> off at this point. But as I'm an Ottawa fan, <laughs> I was really quite happy with a tie. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for the keeper. Was it Saunders? He made those two like back-to-back brilliant saves, only to have Richter standing there. He's got to be thinking, like, where's the defense? Like, you, yeah. you know where they we're all in the box, like... Someone get a, a foot on it or something. And uh, but San Antonio, they already made the playoffs anyway, right? Uh, no, no, I they're was not in. Say, yet. I don't think they're like. They're not officially in. If, uh, if they had won this game, they would have like really been in the playoffs. Like, there's no way they could have gotten uh, okay. knocked out. I think. But now there's a chance that they might not make it. I think. Okay. I they're pretty much in it because yeah. there's four games left and they need. I believe I think they need two points. Yeah, had they won, they would have. Yes, been they needed a Carolina loss and them to win to clinch it. Carolina loss, but they, you know, the Fury were the Fury. Never give up, <laughs> which we've seen before. I thought Oliver was playing really well the last couple games. You know who? Davies, I thought he wasn't bad in the first half, but in the second half, it was literally. The 75th minute, I didn't notice him until the 75th minute. He got like a foul or somebody fouled him. I'm like, 
Oh, Davies is still on? <laughs> I'm like, I like the guy. I didn't play it, but I, he was, I, I don't think he got a touch or two touches on the ball. It's just like, wow, he's still playing? I had no idea. <laughs> just not good. But I, they played a lot better. I think the first half, uh, San Antonio just came out and just ran at him. And they're so much faster than Oh, yeah. Uh, Richard was having problems with, uh, with Forbes. Right, he was just fast, fast. How come Woodbine didn't start again? Because I thought he played exceptionally well in the game against well, Atlanta. You probably can answer this question yourself because you're also a huge Soria fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, he's also a really good left back. So, you know, he might That's just true. be rotating. That's true. Yeah, it was interesting that at the second half where you thought that with the travel with the Fury playing the midweek game at home, that they'd be the team that kind of uh, got tired and not the other way around. It seems that, that San Antonio just kind of ran themselves out of that game. Yeah. And in the second half, they're kind of exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and they had a ton of chances, and they just couldn't put them away, and they left the door open. And so, even though we're not used to the Texas heat, <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> the announcers were yeah, going on and on about Yeah, announcers keep on perpetrating the stereotype that, you know, it's winter for 12 months in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's no way we could play in, like, 20-degree heat. <laughs> but, you know. Um, Smith, you left a note in our uh, document for, for the podcast preparation that mm-hmm. says, what's with the corner store field exit for players? What exactly did you mean by that? Well, they have, oh, well, in the yeah. tradition of weird exits for NASL players, <laughs> that in like the corner, behind the corner flag, I guess there's a door to go into the locker rooms, and like the big facade of it is just this corner store painting. It's just really, really odd. They have like weird, <laughs> like it looks like you're going into like a Seven Eleven store or something like that. Like the doors actually look like I don't know, yeah. like commercial retail doors. It was really strange. It's like they're going in for 40s and beef jerky. <laughs> and not orange I slices. I Slurpee before the next half. <laughs> I need a big gulp. I'm not used to this Texas heat. It's all of 27 degrees. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> yeah, that is... Canadian has never experienced 27 before. <laughs> it never gets hot in Ottawa. No. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, good game. Uh, they continue their really, really good form. A little too late for the playoffs, but it's nice to see it. It gives them kind of a springboard to uh, to next year. Yeah, and it's good. It's good to end the season on a high. You know, it started really bad. The fall season did. And like for a moment, I was concerned that we're gonna have like a losing team for the entire fall season. But wow, did they ever turn it around? Like, uh... yeah, and I mean, like we might not make the playoffs, but and even with we ties, won't make the well, playoffs. <laughs> I was trying to be more positive. But... <laughs> yeah, but it's just a fact now. But so. yeah, um, like it's it's. Like, the games are, are quite good, and, and the results are not bad. And so I think it's just, like, this the beginning of the fall season really, really hurt us um, in that way. But, but yeah, like, the team's confidence seems to be up, and the players, like, after the win on Wednesday, like, were super happy. You could just see it on their faces. And, 
um, yeah, so like morale is high. <laughs> it is. I mean, as cliche as that sounds, like the, they just seem to be in good spirits. Mm -hmm. Like a, they're a good unit, and even though they're rotating a lot, they're functioning well as a team. So you know, it would probably be a, a, like really good for us if if we had more games left to play because mm -hmm. um, we finally uh, click. Mm -hmm. And uh, that brings us to our next break, guys. Or sure, yeah, let's take a break. Music. <laughs> Before we get into our question for our listeners, we had a question from a listener, and this comes from Bob Stinson, Bob Stinson2 on Twitter, and he asks, who is the Fury season MVP, or sorry, who is the Fury MVP this season? And then he says, choices A, Richie Ryan. <laughs> well, it's a little bit late because we sort of discussed the MVP already in a couple episodes back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I... I... I texted him or I tweeted him back saying that two weeks ago we asked who the fall Fury MVP was and we got all these responses. Right. Not one of them was Richie Ryan. And this is from people who had multiple <laughs> choices. Multiple choices. And it's, it's interesting that that game against Minnesota, we had this nice free kick and he has been playing really, really well that now he's the number one choice when two weeks back that no one was even talking about him about it as even the fall MVP um, yeah personally I don't think he is I'm sure he's in the running but I don't think he's had, he's had a consistent enough year for no, me over the whole year no but over the last five or six games Richard Ryan has been pretty strong and I think we haven't highlighted it enough so it's, it's good that Bob Stinson does bring this up because he has mm -hmm. done very few mistakes and he's been distributing them the the ball well and he really has been a leader on the pitch like uh, you, you could tell why he was chosen to be the captain more so now than uh, maybe in the spring season and he has provoked a red card <laughs> yes two that's true two red cards yeah yeah and I found that the last few games he's been really good at bringing the ball down and like preventing the defense from having to work too hard and then yeah like you said John like really distributing the ball really well and so. Yeah, he's just kind of, I don't know, like maybe confidence again, or I don't know what it is, but he seems to be um, having a lot better of, a, of, you know, games and performances lately, so. For sure. Yeah. And then we asked the uh, listeners a question, and we asked, what's your favorite game day, home and or away ritual? And Jeff answered, trying to figure out what time the feed on NASL Live actually starts. <laughs> and this is so true. <laughs> Sounds really familiar. <laughs> so we're glad to hear that someone actually enjoys this process. <laughs> I think that maybe that was a bit facetious. <laughs> maybe I was too. Okay. Just maybe I was I'm German and I understand sarcasm. <laughs> Sometimes more than other times. Um, yeah, it sucks. Like, it says 8.30, and then you, like, you start it, and it doesn't start till 9.15. <laughs> yeah. But it never starts early, at least, right? I don't think so. I don't think I've ever missed uh, parts of the game because of what it says. 
No, usually there's like, oh, the players are warming up and we're getting like talking about like plugging in mics and stuff. <laughs> yeah, sometimes on the yeah, yeah, the cameras are already rolling, but no one is ready yet, right? It's for like twenty minutes at a time. Yeah, it's funny, like Richie Ryan, who didn't have a good spring season, and the NHL Live didn't also have a spring season. <laughs> But we're not talking about it anymore, right? Yeah. Like, I, either we've just accepted it, or it's just gotten kind of better. Yeah, it's gotten better. It, it really has, yeah. and the commentary has gotten better, too. Like, the San Antonio game, the commentators weren't bad at all. No. That's true, yeah. And even, like, when there are problems, they're much quicker to respond and, like, give information of what's going on, <laughs> rather than just, like, how come we don't have a game? <laughs> I still think that if, like having a TV deal on whatever channel would be so much better. Yeah. Like just like you know organizing um, away matches and watching at a pub and so on is like such an annoyance because you need a laptop and you need an internet connection and you need a cable. <laughs> like it's just way too much effort than just putting the TV on, right? That's true. Yeah. And, like, I've noticed that CBC has been playing, you know, some sports that haven't got as much coverage as in the past. So I feel like, and, I mean, they, they have been having some cutbacks with, with um, regular programming, but is there an opportunity there for us to, you know, get have a, some sort of deal with CBC, maybe? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, like, major network, but they are showing things that they normally like you know some sports that don't get as much attention yeah i mean if they are cutting back i mean sending a couple guys and a couple cameras out to tv plays is actually pretty cheap for a tv show for a you know two hour long tv show yeah but the away match is like would they just get the nasl live feed and put it on tv yeah. we don't know <laughs> we don't know how it works <laughs> Um, yeah, TSN has five channels. Like, why can't they put some oh, yeah, ASL, uh, of course. Yeah. on there? Yeah, it's, it's something to think about in the future. I think NSL needs to grow a little bit more. But, but surely the NASL is bigger than darts or like something like that. No. <laughs> I would be <laughs> surprised. I, would, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> some people are really into darts. I have or a buddy. Bowling yeah. or something. <laughs> but yeah. We'll, like since we're talking about the NASL and the future of it, uh, are you guys confident that the league will grow and that things will uh, get better? I think so. I think uh, I don't think it has to worry about the MLS too too much. I think we'll likely lose a couple teams, but I think there's there's too much. The like the game's gone too popular in the US and Canada for there not to be five or six cities that will jump in to those spots to replace those yeah. teams that might move and then, to the and then hopefully grow the NESL because um, sorry because no, no, I think the MLS <laughs> is probably it's five teams max from capping out and like there are teams lined up to to come into the NASL, so they are still expanding and yeah. But for next year, who's coming in? Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Yeah. But nothing. We haven't really heard much from them. 
Yeah. In Jacksonville, he seems to be do really well. They've already got a coach. They've already got a stadium in place. They've already sold tickets. All right. Looks Damn, very, supporters club. Yeah. <laughs> Just it like looks, we were yeah, it's very, yeah. before we had a team. They sound very <laughs> indie-ish. Yeah. Hopefully they can have, you know, even half the impact the, the indie has. For sure. On the league this year. And uh, then another uh, favorite game ritual comment came in from Mark Lapointe, who's at Keek16 on Twitter, and he says, his favorite game day ritual is getting 90 minutes away from the kids. Oh. <laughs> That's harsh. I hope, you, I hope your kids don't listen to the podcast. You'd be surprised how popular it is. Uh, With the under-12 demographic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there's... Uh, there's Trading their floppy disks <laughs> in the elementary school. That's what these kids do these days. Somewhere out there, there's a face painting. There's a face paint on someone's fridge of the four of us doing our podcast. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Keep dreaming. <laughs> right, so the next game that we're going to play is going to be in New York City. Well, not really, Long, but close, Island, New York close City. enough. <laughs> in the shadow of New York in City, the general vicinity. <laughs> it's uh, not in Jersey. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's gonna be a tough game, but uh, Fury are hot, and the Cosmos are cold. I mean, Cosmos have uh, gone winless the last three games. Their fall season has not been very good, for whatever reason, and I. I don't think injuries have been a problem. Uh, Marco Senna seems to be back. Stoichlin's always kind of a threat. Uh, so it, it really is a must-win for the Cosmos if they want to remain in playoff contention. Eh? Um, I don't think so. I think they're they? pretty much. Okay. I think they're pretty much almost guaranteed third. Well, maybe not guaranteed third, but yeah, it'd be hard the- for them to miss the playoffs. I think. Because of the combined table, eh? Like, they're, they're, they're third right now in the combined table and four points ahead of Carolina. But uh, in the um, in the fall season table, I think they're fifth yeah. and a uh, point behind Carolina. So, well, it still matters to them for sure. So it's going to be a tough match. A uh, couple days later, the Canadian national team will play against Columbia, also in New York. So if anyone is thinking about... Uh, Making the away trip, it's a pretty good... Uh, pretty good time to go. Yeah, Thanksgiving in New York City. Doesn't sound too or shabby. Or Columbus Day there. Or Columbus Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, they wouldn't have found it anyway, like Columbus. Like, <laughs> we all know the Vikings were here thousands of years before. <laughs> we don't know that guy's name, though. So it's Columbus Day. <laughs> that guy's name is unpronounceable. So it'll be Columbus Day. Yeah, so long weekend. <laughs> I know you felt that strongly about uh, <laughs> European explorers. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Should be an interesting match. Teams going in two different directions. Ottawa's not com- mathematically out of the playoffs, but. Realistically, we're Realistically, out of the playoffs. Yeah. But, I mean, we got a win today. we got a win on, so we're not today, but on Saturday, and some favorable losses or draws. You it never can know. happen. You never know. Yeah, anything can happen in this game. 
And we've seen like in the league that teams that were supposed to win didn't and you know, things like that. So this rumor about Raul Gonzalez, mm. the Spanish legend, going to New York Cosmos is back. Yep. <laughs> and the Marca, you know, that big newspaper in, in Spain with all the gossip, was writing that the deal was imminent and that the NASL uh, transfer deadline had not closed yet. And I've heard this also from the NASL that it's still, like it just closed. Like, yeah, remember, this is so confusing. Like, how many deadlines are there? You know, like, in Europe, it's it's basically, uh, what is it? Like, the end of the summer, it's the same day for all the different countries, yeah. and boom, that's it. Uh, last day in August, that's it. Yeah, last day in August, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I remember Chris Hoffley, I think, wrote, wrote a tweet saying it was September 15th. Then the Fury, the official Fury Twitter feed... Said the freeze was September 30th. Um, the NHL wrote an article about the hot, hot and cold teams, and they said the freeze was the Monday, yesterday, the seventh. So, who actually really knows when the freeze was? Okay. I thought I was the only one confused, so I feel a lot better about it. He might be my playing on the weekend. Who knows? <laughs> but as far as I know, the Frosters are frozen. And soon uh, our pitch will be frozen, and then <laughs> the season true. will be over. <laughs> it's starting to get a lot colder. Yeah. The days are getting shorter. Uh, I woke up this morning and it was dark. It's never dark when I wake up. <sighs> anyway. Well, it's seven here now, and it's almost pitch black. <laughs> well, that's the total bullshit block. I mean, we're in a podcast studio, <laughs> surrounded by walls. Absolutely. Oh, that's right. <laughs> So we, we can't look outside from here. Yeah. I was thinking about yesterday at 7 o'clock. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. And that brings us pretty much to the end of this week's episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we can be found on Twitter, at Ottawa Fury. And uh, we don't say our own Twitter accounts enough, so why don't we do that this week? Uh, Ryan can be reached at Coxon. So C-O-X-O-N. Uh, please give him a lot of shit for not coming here today. He'll enjoy that. Slacker. <laughs> and then, Kendra, where can you be found on Twitter? I am Crooked Beats on Twitter. Oh, I'm <laughs> at Blog Fury FC. And uh, I'm at Foosball underscore A. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Oh, and- did Kendra have something to plug? Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, there was <laughs> another blog post on the Stony Monday Riot blog. Uh, the interview series came out today. Um, I got the chance to talk with Ramon Soria um, from Spain, uh, our defender, one of our best defenders. Um, <laughs> but his, his blog can be seen at stonymondayriot.com. Uh, and, and we should say that Ryan also wrote a blog post on, Sto- on the Stony Monday Riot blog. On why he riots. Yes, that's right. So that is also a very uh, great article that's worth reading. And I also wrote a blog post. You did? Recently, I did. On your own blog? Yep. Well, come You can in. find that on my Twitter feed. <laughs> what was it on? The three players that changed the Fury season. And please continue to engage with us on Twitter. You may have noticed that we don't really engage back very much. This is probably because... No one really operates the Twitter account. 
But if you engage with us, we will talk about it on the show, which is even better. So And you'll be famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of groupies outside, so we got to go. Bye, guys. Until <laughs> next week. <laughs>